May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the night. This is the night that a young lady, traveling with her beloved, rests in a place not her own to give birth to the Son of God. This is the night an angel offered a message of good news for all the world. A night that proclaimed that a little bitty baby contained hope for all the nations. A night so magnificent that the heavenly hosts stopped whatever heavenly duties they were engaged with to be with shepherds living out in the field. Oh, what a night that was. When you think of this night, what picture comes to mind? Maybe it's changed over the years. Who was there? What did they look like? Much of our art and Christmas cards depict a manger scene with Mary in blue seated beside a wooden feeding trough containing the baby Jesus, who looks like the artists rather than what he actually looked like. Joseph stands nearby, watching carefully, ever ready to protect Mary. Several scruffy-looking men, about 25 to 40 years old, with a few sheep, are on the left. Then there are three well-dressed wise men, three, and only three, to the right, leading a camel or two with a treasure chest containing their gifts. Maybe the picture that also comes unbidden includes the little drummer boy with his snare drum, although he didn't become part of the scenario until 1941. Pictures are helpful in telling and remembering important dates and details, but that Hallmark-style Christmas scene can be rather limiting. This is a timeless story. We hear it over and over again, and it still speaks to us over the course of history and our lifespan. As a child, perhaps the, livered, the little drummer boy appeals. Then we jump to the adult shepherds and the older wise men with nothing in between. I realized that very thing two weeks ago while I was in my Christmas sermon prep group. I listened to this and other gospel passages read aloud multiple times from multiple translations by multiple people. Mary is surrounded by men, only men in the manger scene. But this year, I wondered if there were any women with Mary. I wondered about her mother, who tradition and the Protevangelium of James written in the second century calls Anne or Hannah. I wondered if Mary's mother was worried about her daughter and wanted to be with her. I wondered because I too am about to become a grandmother in just a few weeks. And so I wonder and worry. I want to make sure that there are women my daughter can talk to until I get there. I want to make sure people in her age group are available that she can relate to and can relate to her. We feature men in the story and they are very important and men are very important still. But if God thought it important enough to be carried by a woman for months on end, why do they disappear? on this night of all nights.
then something caught my attention. Something I never have heard preached. A passage I hear year after year. Now maybe you've heard of this, but it came alive to me in a new way that made me rethink about Mary and that night and others who might have been there to experience that night of night. And, and don't worry, I'm not about to go off the rails with some new doctrine. Mary is still the Theotokos, the God-bearer. Joseph is still nearby, and they still journey to Bethlehem, and Christ is still born in a manger. But I do want you to imagine the fields and the manger scene a little differently, even as I have this year. This is the line that caught me. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. That hardly sounds transformative. But it was. Because in all those sessions with all these others, also working on their Christmas sermon, hoping to get them ready a week in advance, none of us did, I remembered a professor from seminary. This wonderful professor, Dr. Peter Ajer, was from Uganda, and he tricked us into working hard and being prepared for class because he expected to learn from us even as we learned from him. I remembered a story that he shared about his youth, that the wealth of his family was not stored in banks, but it was in the sheep that they had, and it was the responsibility of the children and teens to take care of them. The elders had other work to do. He shared that as a teen, he would take care of these animals at home and in the fields, sometimes staying out all night with them on the hillside. He helped me understand what the door of the sheepfold meant. And as I considered the nativity in light of his story, I wondered if we got the detail about the grown-up shepherds wrong. What if the shepherds in the field to whom the angel appeared and who came to see Mary were not grizzled, scruffy old men, but teenagers, like Mary was. In that culture, like the culture of my professor, this task of shepherding usually fell to teenagers. Remember about the story of David who was anointed in 1 Samuel 16? He's the youngest of his brothers. He's out tending sheep, and while he's handsome, he is not impressive to the prophet Samuel. He was about 15. But before David, there was Zipporah. She was a shepherd, and she was Egyptian, and she was Moses' wife. Before her was Rachel, Rachel in Genesis 29, who became the wife of Jacob. She was quite beautiful, and she was a shepherd. She was young and of marriageable age, a teenager. What if the angel and the multitude of heavenly hosts appeared to teens in the field? What if Mary was not surrounded in this very delicate time by grown men, but by teenagers? What might that story mean to us then? What if she did have young women around her, teens that were highly capable and responsible for the wealth of their families? What if they were teens on that field that night, slightly bored, keeping watch on the flock, maybe just a little bit chilled because the night temperature had dropped in the desert 
just chatting through a long night when that angel appeared. That would terrify anyone. This would be a night to remember, a night they had never planned. How were they ever going to convince their parents that they hadn't ingested something that they shouldn't have? I wonder how we might have felt about the nativity all our lives if we knew when we were teenagers that God appears to people like us. These teens who were like Mary were entrusted by God to hear the good news in a most spectacular way. The hope of the world had been born, and God is entrusting you with this message. The message so important that it lit up the sky and caught their attention, terrifying and glorious. This was a message not given to the wise, the impressive, or the strong. It was not given to community leaders or religious leaders. It was a message given to people who were just normal, everyday people going about their work, likely unappreciated, but still necessary. A message given to people who likely could not have been able to read, who likely had a rather unpleasant aroma and may have been a bit unkempt. This message, this night of all nights, was entrusted to people who had no stature, who on that night were also not at home, but living with their animals. But they were the ones God chose, just like Mary, who when it was time, brought forth Jesus. And that is the way God is. God is not impressed with our credentials, however useful they may be. God is not impressed with our social status, as helpful as that can be. God is not impressed with anything we bring to the table. But here we see God isn't asking us to impress him. God is impressing us. For God has angels and heavenly hosts to do all the impressing that we need. God is asking us to listen for the good news and to share it without being afraid. To listen past our fears for the good news that God is bringing into the world, that God is bringing himself to us. This is a wonderful a night that reminds us in the most spectacular way that God loves the world and that God is with us. We may need to leave a few fields and sheep that we know for a minute to find that God is at work. We may have to go places that don't expect us or where we never plan to go. We may face some surprises along the way and the good news might not look like we think it should look and it may take some time to unwrap it to discover what it really is. But God was there, and God is here. The message of the angels still ring true. A Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord, has been born. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those whom God favors.